and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Dee, one of the managing editors at AniFem. You can find most of my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can also hang out with me on Twitter, at Jose Next Door. And I am joined today by fellow AniFem staffers, Vry and Caitlin. Hey, I'm Vry. I'm uh, cont- the uh, managing content editor at Anime Feminist. I also do freelancing. You can find me on Twitter, at WriterVry, or you can find the podcast where I talk about trash media at trash pod and this podcast is so weird that since the last time we recorded and now i caught the plague so that's how i'm doing and your voice cracked that's, that's exciting <laughs> sounds like you're feeling better it's a full experience <laughs> yeah yeah that's something well, I, i'm um, glad you're i'm glad you're feeling better at least because i'm sure that was scary <laughs> that's fine by the time this comes out i'll i'll be great yeah that's <laughs> true awesome. These episodes are really awkward. Yeah. Five months from now. So anyway. Um hi. Yes, it's my turn. Hi, I'm Caitlin. Uh I'm the technical editor at Anime Feminist, as well as a reviewer at Anime News Network, and as of now, also an editor at Anime Herald. Um that's a recent development as of this recording, but it won't be recent when this episode comes out. Um, you can also also find my Twitter uh, at altsoon underscore no dare, or you can hang out with me on Discord by becoming a patron and joining the Anime Feminist Discord. An excellent, Ooh. an excellent sneaky plug there. Well done. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and so uh, this week we are finishing up our rewatch along of Soul Eater. We'll be covering episodes forty through fifty one, which takes us through the finale. Um, this part is very dense a lot happens um so i thought i would attempt to do a quick recap and then as i started putting bullet points down it got like escaflone levels of, of this happened and then this happened and then this happened uh the gist of it is the dwma storms uh baba yaga castle where arachne and the kishin are holed up um, while that is going on, uh, Stein sort of succumbs to Medusa's temptation and wanders off to hang out with her. So Krona and Marie go after them um, to take down Medusa, who's still a threat, and also uh, to try to rescue Stein. Uh, Maka finds out about all this, really doesn't like uh, the way they've decided to go about doing this, so she decides to go after them so she can help Krona. Um, which ends up being an extremely good call uh, because they probably would have died without Maka there. Uh, Krona does get badly wounded uh, protecting Maka, but at the end of the day, everybody who we like makes it out alive. Uh, Stein is brought back from the brink and Medusa is defeated. Um, Then we kind of focus back in on the fight against uh, Arachne and Baba Yaga Castle. Uh, Blackstar goes up against Mifune again and he wins, but Mifune lives and Angela gets to go with them and it's very sweet. Um... Death City Kid brings back a magical artifact that allows uh, Lord Death to manifest his desire, so he turns the entire freaking city into a giant robot, and he coffee table flips Baba Yaga <laughs> Castle, and it's very good. Um, and then he uh, he captures the Kishin briefly. The two of them throw down, uh, but Death gets hurt uh, protecting Kid from the Kishin. Uh, the Kishin wanders off, kills Arachne, uh, goes into full kaiju mode, um, puts up a protective barrier, but our plucky trio of heroes uh, make it through before the barrier goes up. Um, so they fight, they face off against the Kishin. Um, Soul's black blood finally comes back to haunt him, but it's okay. Maka saves his life. Uh, Kid and Black Star get cool, get cool fight power ups um, and weaken the Kishin, but don't destroy him completely. 
uh, Maka and Sol come back from their uh, soul journey and uh, go up against the Kishin. Nothing works, nothing works, nothing works. But then, but that's because the only thing that can defeat fear is courage. So then Maka punches the Kishin in the face, and it's also very good. Uh, they defeat the Kishin, and um, peace is restored. Um, there's some key differences, like, again, uh, the witch Angela and Mifuna end up coming back to the school. Krona appears to be living with Maka and Soul. There's a weird shippy moment where... Uh, Spirit and Stein light each other's cigarettes in a suggestive manner. So, so make of that what you make of make of that make of that uh, that credit that post credit uh, twist. Not post credits during the credits uh, scene, as you will. Um, but the kids get to go back to being kids and playing basketball in between saving the world. And uh, it's a it's it's a it's a nice peaceful ending, like a bit open ended, but um, again. Um, order is restored balance is restored to the universe um so that is my quick quote-unquote recap uh this stretch is fun because 90 percent of it is anime original content if we have time we'll go a little bit into i did get a hold of the manga folks at home um and i read it all in between uh the last time we recorded and now um so if we get time um i might talk a little bit about some of the differences thank you things cold that, weather that go on there yeah i mean what else was i supposed to do um mm. But pretty much from actually from last episode's 39, where Maka goes after Krona, from there to the end, it's 90% completely original. Like the anime staff decided they were going to write an ending and they wrote an ending. Um, this is the part where we get into general feelings. I, the first time through this, when I watched it um, in college, I thought it was okay. Watching it this time, I think it kicks ass. And I'm like, I'm pretty here for this, for this uh, finale here. So. But I know you guys didn't have quite the same experience I did. No, I kind like it pulled me back in by the end, but I kind of bounced off a lot of the stuff. Eight episodes, last three episodes. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Having to do math in my head. Very difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as a woman, I cannot. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Anyway, no. <laughs> Just love that line. <laughs> this has been the final episode of the Anime We're Feminist Podcast. <laughs> we have been canceled. Um, anyway, Caitlin. No. So, so you, so you had a hard time with um, the stretch, the last... but with the finale you liked. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes, that is a good way to sum up what I was saying. I think um, I'm be between you guys. Um, I. There were a couple of things that didn't land for me, which it sounds like Black Star's arc is just like that. I have some quibbles with kids' arc being cut a little short more than anything, but honestly, all of the Krona and Maka stuff really hit for me, so I call it a net win. And honestly, I think I all of this felt pretty new to me. I'm kind of starting to suspect I didn't finish the last 10 episodes or so the first time I watched the show. Oops, you got to the part where uh, I, Krona and Maka hugged it out, and you were like, well, that's the end. That's the end, that's, show's that's, over. That's you know, I think that's a perfectly solid decision. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really I really liked the ending. Like, the, the last stretch overall, and the ending ending, which kicks ass and is very Escaflone-ish, which I guess is our hot take. Is Soul Eater is just Escaflone? <laughs> Um, no, I mean, no, that the anime ending is good, actually. Escaflone is what you get when you hand a shonen concept to a shoujo director. And so is Soul, the end of Soul Eater. 
because <laughs> Igarashi, who usually does shoujo anime, was the had one calling the shots point, at yeah. the end. Yeah, up until that point he had. And you can, and uh, again, this is, I am coming at this from a slightly different perspective since I was, my initial goal, like, in a perfect world, I could have watched all of the anime and then read the manga, but there was no way that that was going to work with the timeline um, that we were on, so I was doing them concurrently. So the anime does a really good job of pulling the threads that are, like, floating around in the manga and kind of solidifying them but I probably do have that extra context that was just like getting shoved into my head as I was going through this so um, we may be approaching this from slightly different perspectives just because of that um, mm. and I would not say this is this is a perfect ending I think there is some messiness I think there are definitely some places where the staff went there's no way we can wrap up every single character in a nice tidy bow so we're just gonna try to hit the big points and get everybody to a place where they've kind of had this arc and then we can we can put a cap on the show do you think it's fair to say that it's kind of like with the utina movie where watching it it's very different but watching it with the context of the original sort of helps bring everything like helps you understand the context of what's going on. I would be very hesitant to like wholeheartedly recommend the soul eater manga to folks. Um, so I'm not sure I would agree with, with that, that comparison. I think that the manga expands on some stuff as far as like lore and background and like technic technicality type details clouds. That, that can help that in clouds that can fill in a little bit of the stuff that the the anime just doesn't have time to really get into, I guess. But again, I might be wrong here because we might all be on the same page about this stuff. I was just saying, like, going into it, if, like, I accidentally end up pulling something where you're like, well, that wasn't even in the anime. I'll be like, well, crap, sorry. Mm, okay. um, that's all I meant. Like, I mean, it sounds like Ryan and I had similar experiences. So I don't necessarily think that the manga is um, necessary to an appreciation of this of this finale. Um, I just I will that, say that I just meant that my context was different. Not that it was better or worse, okay. just different. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't read the manga. I did after I finished watching the anime and formed my feelings about it. Uh, read up uh, the wiki summary of how Krona's arc went in the manga, uh, and it did make me very angry. <laughs> Krona gets done dirty. I was so going to say like, where I, I'm at. My thing with the Soul Eater manga is parts of it are it it was an easy read. Parts of it are pretty fun. Um, there's some good stuff with Kid. There's one thing they do, which I guess skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want any spoilers, folks at home. Um, the one thing the manga does that I really wish the anime had been able to do is they they really get to dig into the fact that the witches aren't actually evil. Um, and mm -hmm. by the end of the story, like one of the big plot points is that they form an alliance with the witches and. Um, start to like have like cross-cultural exchange and stuff and like one of the one of the kids in the class kim who's on who's on the b team with killick and ox actually is a witch and that becomes mm -hmm. that becomes kind of a plot point going forward um and oh. and and i think the the anime kind of gets to touch on that with the fact that angela and mifune come to the school and like that's okay like pe like there's clearly a willingness to like bridge that gap i think at the end of the anime um, but I do like that the manga gets to really dive into the fact that like there is there is social change at the end of the story and the anime like I get it there's no way they had time to do that on top of everything else that is that is my the only yeah. thing from the manga that I think is that I'm really glad they got to um, everything else in it is kind of it's kind of disconnected and it doesn't 
hit as emotionally as the anime does it 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 frequently feels like okubo goes i want to explore this thing this thing so he comes up with like an arc and they go to a fantasy place and they fight it for a couple of rounds and he goes okay i'm bored and then just goes and they got over it and moves on um and that's kind of my with a lot of the with a lot of the character arcs from the manga and that's why like if Krona is the main reason that you got into Soul Eater, don't read the manga. You'll just be mad. If you're not that <laughs> dedicated to Krona and your library has the manga and you've got a couple free weeks, it's a fine way to spend to spend your evenings is reading a volume or two. Um, I would not I would not say you have to go out and buy the whole thing or even that you have to read it. Um, I just like it's not bad, but um, it ultimately felt kind of weightless. And I really the the last chapter is hot garbage so uh i prefer the anime like significantly yeah jared has been feeding me bits and pieces mostly just things that he think or thinks are funny like mm-hmm. the uh true origins of excalibur or uh clowns oh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of uh lore that shows up in the in the manga that i mean like like a lot of lore in anime and manga is maybe not entirely necessary but at the same time kind of interesting um okubo clearly had an had an interest in lovecraftian like cosmic horror which you see in the anime too um but there's a lot of talk about the great old ones and that's what excalibur is is a great old one um he i find i get what you meant okay. caitlin when you said that he was then you when you said that excalibur was to anger as the kishin is to fear um in that he causes it in other people that yes. is excalibur's <laughs> existence because he is he is the force from which anger emanates into the world <laughs> because he is maddening <laughs> um and that is pretty good. Um, but again, I just, I, I think, I think <laughs> it's pretty I think, funny. <laughs> I think it's much tighter. I think in the anime, I think the anime does a really good job of grabbing onto the main emotional threads and pulling them forward in a way that I really like overall. I'm overall, I'm pretty happy with this. And I would like to stop talking about the manga because that's not what this podcast is about and talk about what happens in these episodes. Uh, so I had this kind of divided up into subjects and I, uh, wanted to leave it up to you guys what you wanted to touch on first though I guess uh, I guess kid maybe because I feel like uh, you, you framed in the notes here talking about like the various kid characters and their relationship to authority and I feel like kid is the one that let me down on that front most not because I think it's not a workable arc and maybe this works better in the manga where it has more time but because that's the point where I really felt the anime going most like fuck, fuck, we're out of time. Because he ultimately comes around to, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we're, okay, my dad, my dad was right and I shouldn't have doubted him. And I don't think sometimes adults hide things from kids to protect them is necessarily an unworkable theme, but I think it comes around, that shift comes so suddenly when he delivers the key after his entire arc of suspicion of authority figures and, like, specifically structures of authority that, it feels a little bit like it's denying his questions up till that point, rather than just it being not quite the case. If right. that makes sense. I, I, th- I think that's cause I agree. And cause I think that soul eater has a fairly unique way of um, handling sort of the kids to adults relationships. Like I talked about this a little bit before and like, I f- feel like a lot of anime and manga being aimed at young people sort of has this position of like, uh, adults are so cynical uh 
we never like we're teens we're different from adults like we are you know excited about life and you know and idealistic and you know i don't want to be a you know corrupt rotten adult um or a soul leader takes a very different tack of like kids and adults have different understandings of the world and a lot of times the adults are taking care of like certain things because the kids can't handle it i feel like that informs a lot of like how the last bits of the arc are handled and i think with you know with kid and death like it it wouldn't have been terrible to be like yeah like sometimes adults did like the adults in your life did something messed up you know i feel like everyone has that moment when they're teenagers or even younger where they realize that the adults in their life that they've trusted have done something that they find like repulsive you know and that you can't just trust like a, a moment of disillusionment and soul Eater just kind of it has the moment where they could have done that and had a slightly more complicated relationship between adults and children and a slightly more nuanced message and it's like no i disagree that over like i i, I agree with you guys that kids arc is truncated to the point where um where there's there's definitely some missed opportunities there to to dig into what is going on between kid and his dad um i think in the context of the fact that there are many many conflicts between like the older and the younger generations in this in this story and especially in this past stretch i think kid's story works as a piece of a bigger whole and i think that the whole is actually pretty nuanced because you've got because you've got Crona and Medusa, which is a story of an absolutely toxic, terrible adult figure um, who Crona needs to get away from, right? Um, and then you, but then you also have, and then you also have people like uh, Mifune and a lot of the authority figures who Maka has, um, you know, looked up to up to this point, where they're well-meaning and like they think they're doing what's best they're not evil like not not every adult is a terrible human being right um but sometimes they are wrong some adults can be wrong and that's like you know a black star's arc with mifune a lot of it is what mifune is kind of warning him about is true but what black star argues is i don't have to just choose between these two paths i can find another one um you just you 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 don't see it but that's what i'm going to try to do and then like with maka she disagrees with them about their decision to let Krona and Marie go off by themselves, which ends up being a good call. And then at the end, like the way to defeat the Kishin isn't all these special techniques that the adults thought would be the way to do it. It, it, it is, it is a more like core emotional response. And so I like mm -hmm. that the series doesn't, I think so often, especially with like young adult coming of age type stories, you either end up in the camp of like, Oh, the kids are such fools. They should have just listened to the adults. Um, or far more frequently, all the adults are terrible. Look at all these terrible adults. Um, and I like that Soul Eater takes this more nuanced perspective where we do have these terrible adults like Medusa, but then we also have these adults who are doing their best and are flawed or wrong. Or like even Maka's dad, who sucks, but he is he does want to be a good dad to Maka. Um, he's just a terrible husband, which we've talked about in past episodes. Um, and so the way that I think Kid and Lord Death kind of fit into that conversation is that there's that third angle, which is sometimes the adults are right, too. <laughs> sometimes they do know what they, they're doing. Mm -hmm. And and Kid has, has, I think, throughout the story, like other than his anxiety spirals where he thinks he's garbage, 
um, he has a very clear cut black and white idea of what the world is supposed to be like. And when it looks like things aren't fitting neatly into that mold because of Avon's connection with the witches, he starts to think that that means that, well, we must be evil too. Like if we're in any way connected to Avon, we must be evil. And my conviction is very strong. Like, you know, I think kid has been kind of, is a little bit full of himself when he's not anxiety spiraling. Um, and so I think that, I think it's nice to have one of the characters arcs be, more about like questioning your own because we've all been teenagers i think we've all had those days where it felt like i'm right about everything and everybody else is an idiot against the against the days of deep insecurity against the days of deep insecurity where i'm wrong about everything and i'm such a fool um and so i do those days (laughs) i think i think they i wish they had been able to spend a little more time with kid and lord death and that arc but i think having him in contrast to the other characters um, allows them to have a very balanced, nuanced, like overall look at those tensions between generations and what can come of that. Yeah, I see what you mean. And I think it works in a lot of ways overall. I do wish that I do wish that they had picked a different adult to do that story with, you know, because adult or because Lord Death is the big authority figure who represents the system, which kind of makes it into the system is okay, actually, unintentionally. Because mm-hmm. I think that I think that your read on it is absolutely what they were trying to do. And it's a good thing to do to have that widespread of stories. It just something about choosing those particular characters didn't quite click for me. But like I said, the 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 last stretch overall I think gels together. Yeah, like I think it would have worked really well to do sort of a thing where Death was like, yeah, you know, I did partner with someone I shouldn't have, and uh, it was a mistake. Um, or even, yeah, just having a longer arc with it. Um, Didn't they kind of do that with Avon though? Because Avon ended up falling in with the witches because he was trying to like save a loved one, um, mm-hmm. and ended up creating this this extremely powerful weapon that could be used for good or evil depending upon your intentions kind of thing yeah i do agree yeah, with i you, think Bri, the stuff that, with like, avon uh, it, gets there yeah yeah i do agree with you right that that having it be um the the overriding authority figure is the one who 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 had you know everyone's interest at heart at the end and was like had a good reason for not telling them what was going on um i do agree that it it undercuts the the message about challenging authority but i think the fact that Maka also goes completely against Lord Death's dis- instructions and ends up being right at every step of the way. I think that helps. Mm. I think that uh, yeah, yeah, I think that helps balance out the fact that like no, Lord Death is not always right. Like he 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 screws up a few times in here. And honestly, I think his I think his unwillingness to really hear what the like the like it's not that the Kishin is right, but they have that whole episode where they like scream philosophies at each other and like <laughs> Death isn't even willing to consider. Uh, God, it's so freaking shonen. It got real shonen. <laughs> it, got, it got gloriously shonen for a while there. Um, I'm still thinking about the giant mecha death city. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. Good. But but I, I think that I think that, that is a, a flaw of him is his unwillingness to like even engage with any of that during that conversation and it kind of mm. it kind of leaves him open um in a way that the the students especially maka who is more willing to engage with the concept of fear and like accepting it um 
is able to mm-hmm. overcome in a way that I enjoy, which possibly brings us into a conversation about like fear and madness and order and whatever Soul Eater means by those concepts. I really felt like the anime was was trying to to write that ship at the end there with with um with the, yeah like you said the long philosophy tennis shonen battle mm-hmm. which is I is I I can't say anything about it besides it's the most shonen thing I've ever seen um but then at the <laughs> the end where it, it it does kind of have that that dialogue between Ashura and Maka where it's these are both it's not that that madness is this insidious thing that will take you over without constant vigilance. It's that these are two states that everybody contains, and they're both natural. And it's just a matter of how you deal with that, which Within is you, something that I don't wolves. think. The, right? They're, they're both gay. <laughs> You're Within gay. You, there's a Maka and Nashra. <laughs> like I feel like that really was doing its best to bring those kind of potentially ableist undercurrents that the show has at times into line into more of a, this is a meditation on human existence kind of thing. And I applaud its heroic efforts. (laughs) Me too. Honestly, I think, uh, I think, I think the way it, it, again, the, the thing I like about this final arc is despite everything that happens and the fact that I do think a lot of the like individual stories are a little bit rushed. I think kids is rushed. I think, um, I think when Maka dives in and saves Soul, I think they rush through that a little bit with kind of the the hope that like, well, we've built up a lot of stuff up to this point, so we don't have to spend a ton of time on this. Um, a little bit, but that whole soul hugging thing is so my shit. It's, it's poke, so right? my shit with this genre. Nice. It's very Igarashi Ooh. and uh, is to like, yeah, the like, I'm coming to you and I'm going to give you a hug and it's going to be okay because we're going to support each other. Um, but... Mm. But I think that I think that by like with all these different little pieces, it's able to form a kind of a, co- a coherent whole thematically. And then I think I think a lot of the characters get some nice arcs as well in there. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to bounce off what you were saying about um, how hmm. they sort of show madness and order as these two opposing forces. And I think the deeper you get into it, the more you realize that by madness, they're talking more about like impulse, like pure id almost, right? As opposed to mm-hmm. order, which is like this idea of like authority and uh, like communal good, but it can also tie into empathy a little bit. And so I like that the show leads into this idea of it. For me, it's it's um, because I've studied more Eastern philosophy than Western philosophy because I'm weird for a I mean, you know, for a white kid in the Midwest. Um, sure. It's very coastal of you, D. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I just, I was just going to say that uh, for me, what it kind of reminded me of was um, this sort of Buddhist philosophy that is, that is contrasted a bit with a lot of, uh, a lot of Christian philosophies. And again, like these are big umbrella terms I'm using and not every sect agrees with them. Um, But this idea of like, sin has to be um, sin, quote unquote, like, you know, harmful thoughts, harmful, they have to be stamped out and you can't, you know, you, they, they can't even exist within your brain or there's something wrong with you. Right. And, um, as opposed to, um, in a lot of, uh, Buddhist theologies, there's more this idea of, well, no, the more you fight it, the worse it's going to get, like, just accept that this is a, this is a, you know, a thought you have had, and then you can move on from there. You don't, don't have to be in like constant struggle with it. And I think that Soul Eater touches on that a little bit in, um, especially in, 
Soul and Stein's arcs, but I think we also see it with Blackstar and Maka to an extent, which is um, both Marie and Marie tells Stein, like when he's like, I don't know how to fix it. She's like, you don't have to fix it. You can just accept that it's a part of you and that's okay. And, um, and then that kind of the same thing happens with soul where he eats the little black blood demon, right? Like he gets out and he's like, you know, I've been trying to fight you as if you're not a part of me, but you are a part of me. So nom, nom, nom. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, that's such good shit. I like the way the show engages with the idea that you're good. There's going to be kind of a raw emotionality and impulse within everybody. And that is normal. And it's not even inherently a bad thing because there are moments throughout this arc where the characters are able to utilize that, that quote unquote madness to get shit done. As long as you're also able to like maintain self-control, right? Like it's the idea of like Mm -hmm. feelings can be very powerful and they can be destructive, but they can also be, but like when you direct them in the right way, they can also be, you know, um, extremely constructive and positive forces, uh, which is kind of Maka's whole thing. Um, so and once I, again, the Escaflone vibes are strong. <laughs> uh, so I, but I, I really, I did, I liked the, I liked the focus on, on balance and, and acceptance that, that comes through in this final arc, because I know that we have been, we've been engaging with that concept of madness often on the past few weeks. And it's like, what are we supposed to do with this? <laughs> and I think it, I think it came together in a, in, in a healthier way than it definitely could have. So I was overall pretty pleased mm-hmm. with it. But uh, I really liked the kind of like, well, like uh, the vis- not super subtle visual symbolism of uh, after Soul has kind of uh, mentally over not overpowered, but like gotten a handle on the little demon mm-hmm. guy. Uh, how I mean, the demon was never like super large, but he was like person sized before. Mm-hmm. But then once Soul is like able to look at him and see like. Oh, you're small. You're a part of me, but you're a, like a small part of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he eats it, and which is like he's internalizing it, and he is accepting that this is a part of him. It doesn't define him, mm-hmm. um, and it is so much smaller than all the other more important things. Yeah, it feels like a more successful version of of like the the thing they were doing with Krona and Ragnarok, basically. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it ties in, it ties in kind of nicely to, to that same idea with Krona and Ragnarok. Um, and I do like that the demon gets like enormous right before soul gets swallowed and the, the mm-hmm. kind of the idea of like, it's as big of a threat as you make it out to be in your head. Right. And so soul being mm-hmm. willing to accept it and not see it as this huge looming force that he must be constantly vigilant against. Um, it, it's really nice imagery um, of that ability to kind of like, deal with your own inner demons i guess in in very <laughs> literal terms right like um you know i've been doing um meditation lately and like one of the things is like you have these thoughts these thoughts are not a part of you or they these thoughts are not are a part of you but they do not define you see them accept them and then move forward yeah it's a it's a really useful mentality for everything from if you're somebody who lives with intrusive thoughts which i do to even just like the fact that certainly as western viewers our culture doesn't really allow a lot of space for fear and anger and grief Mm -hmm. and the acknowledgement that sitting with those feelings is good is nice to see and 
we are only just starting to get that, I think, in in American type media aimed at younger audiences. So it's like that really good Steven Universe episode. It was good. Which was <laughs> directed by uh Shit, why am I Imaishi? Oh yeah, that was the Imaishi episode, wasn't it? Cool. Mm-hmm. Which, anyway. Which oh, okay. I didn't know if we uh, wanted to get into uh, it. Okay. No, sorry. Uh it was the 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 meditation one. Yeah, mind it's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got mindfulness in it, yeah. Yeah, and he's because Steven's just not letting himself feel his his feelings, right? Like he's just locking them down, like the more his more negative emotions. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the con- the concept in that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, so basically, yeah. it's no. the same thing as we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. No, I think I think that is a good uh, a good comparison point for sure. So I do, yeah, I do, I do think the anime staff did a nice job of finding those threads that were there but maybe hadn't gotten pushed on as much as they needed to and gone okay how are we going to tie this together into a you know a thematic hole that is also a healthy message for our teenage audience and i I think for the most part Mm -hmm. they did a pretty good job with it i do think like at the end of the day the the staff uh, the anime staff was the most invested in maka and krona but like so am i so it's fine i mean that's fair it's kind of the core relationship yeah You'd think, you'd think so- Maka and Soul would be, but no. Yeah, it's more Ma- Maka and Krona. I feel like are the strongest, strongest through line. Yeah, I so, I would absolutely agree with that. I will say, people are so mad that, like, to this day, legendarily mad that 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 wasn't a kiss when when Maka goes in to rescue Soul at the end there, and I'm like, what? That would have ruined the scene. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I really like that there are ships in this show. I think there are a lot of them. I like that mm-hmm. the that ultimately this anime has no romance in it unless you want there to be romance in it. Like even even yeah. Stein and yeah. Marie, which is probably the closest thing to a couple that we kind of get with the hug and everything. Like even in that scene, Stein refers to her as his friend. Uh, <laughs> and I really and they're it's not nice. like, together in the end credits or anything. Um, and I think that I think in some ways that makes those arcs. I don't want to say better because I don't want it to sound like romantic love can't be powerful and important, but I think so often in stories like this, we get this idea of like, and then the man was saved with her love, her romantic love from her love heart. And uh, I like that this, because this uh, sidesteps that um, it, it ends up, it feels more like store, like more uh, stories just about, supportive communities looking after one another and you know and like mm-hmm. accepting each other and and you know maka dies in and saves soul but then when they come out soul protects maka and so there's a little bit of a of a balance there between the two of them that i like i mean if anything the more explicitly romantic relationships in this show are the most toxic ones like their spirit being sh- a shit husband or mm-hmm. medusa's possessive relationship to stein where she kind of sort of mockingly refers to him as a lover or the fact that uh ashura potentially realizing he might have romantic feelings for uh arachne is why he kills her there was some <laughs> oedipal stuff going on with that mm-hmm. yeah that's another one of those moments where i'm like all right i think the end point you got to here works towards what you're building towards but i'm not sure you've earned this but you know what we're moving on well, look yeah. we, they only had a few episodes they had to get rid of arachne somehow we're moving on. <laughs> How else was the Kishin supposed to turn into a kaiju for Black Star and Kid to fight? Um, <laughs> we need a kaiju, and this is how we get there. It's fine. Yeah. By so the way, Ashra's got a voice. 
Oh, I watched the last couple episodes dubbed, so most of his stuff was whoever the hell. So I actually didn't. Who is he in in, in the the Japanese track? I believe he's voiced by Toru Furukawa. Let's see. Okay. What did, well, what did you mean by he's got a voice? Um. So Ashura is Toshio Furukawa. Um who is an old school voice actor also known as uh, Piccolo. Oh, oh. all right. <laughs> um, That's cool. That's cool. They got, all right, they so got he's got one of them. They're deep, sensual voices, kind of a veteran. Uh, yeah. He's in like a lot of like, he, Oh, he's a Taru from Ursa Yatsura. So mm-hmm. that, that just tells you how far back he goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's been around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in English, he is Chris Patton, who yeah, is he, he's fine. fine. Yeah, I, I was I I was watching the dub for the kids, honestly, who are all I, really solid, especially by the end. They really are. I uh, I sw- I was curious at the end because I felt like the Kishin's voice was kind of underwhelming for the character. Like I thought he'd have like a really creepy voice, um, but I switched over to the Japanese track, and he kind of doesn't in the Japanese track either. Which no, he's got like kind of like a smooth voice. I which I, I kind of like that because of the sort of ending twist almost where Maka tries to exercise him and it's like well no fear actually isn't evil it's just a normal part of being a person uh, so you can't exercise fear it'll never actually go away um, which I think kind of ties into the show and Rai you might be able to speak more to this just because I know you have a background in horror and um, you know more about sort of that Lovecraftian mm. cosmic horror. Um, but it feels like the mm-hmm. show is playing on that a bit with this kind of like these existential dread forces that you can't defeat. You can only like keep at bay. Am I, do you think I'm reading that? I'm, I'm reading that. No, okay? no, no. I'm yeah. That's definitely a thing in, in cosmic horror, but it's more, uh, it's certainly a more optimistic take than the genre usually does because oh, I would agree with that. Yeah, because like cosmic horror is usually about the uncaring nature of these things that will crush you or that you will go mad from seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I think reconstructive, not to say that there's not reconstructive cosmic horror, but Mm -hmm. that is in this same vein about how it is, you have to work with it because otherwise it will kill you. But yeah, no, I, I really liked that too, because it, yeah, it's definitely part of that. Words good. Wow, I am words good today. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I was going to ask have you have you read much um, like new weird fiction that was kind of coming out out in the early aughts um, around the time like a little bit before Soul Eater um, at all? Uh, like, China Mieville is kind of the big name from that, but I mean, Gaiman played with it a little bit as well. I read a lot of Gaiman. I've I've got Mieville literally sitting on my shelf uh, that Dorothy got for me to read, but I haven't sadly yet. But no, I love. I love weird fiction when I have a chance to read it. Yeah, I I was one of those people who, and I think this is true of a lot of folks, um, I hadn't touched a Lovecraft book until I realized that like a lot of the stuff I was reading was inspired by Lovecraft. And I was like, I guess I should go back and try some Lovecraft, which I did. And he's not a very good writer. So (laughs) the stuff that was inspired by him is inevitably better. Um, but but I was I was gonna say yeah he's a racist the, uh, old shit stain but you know yeah he is but he's dead now so it's not like he can Hooray! make any money off of his works <laughs> um, <clears throat> but so but anyway sorry what I was gonna say is a lot of the 
a lot of the new weird um, like sci-fi mm. fantasy subgenre engages with a lot with I think a lot of the stuff that Soul Eater is. And I know I know Okubo himself like clearly has read a lot of that style of horror just based on the manga. Um, but I feel like the anime drew on that as well in terms of the new weird tends to it rides this line between being like that sort of like cosmic dread fatalism of the of the old stuff of like the original Lovecraft um, and then kind of taking a more optimistic bent of like yes this is a thing that is part of existence but we also have you know uh, human relation basically relationships with one another can kind of help us keep the dread at bay kind of thing um, and I think I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's neat the way Soul Eater is engaging with that and it can kind of almost be used as like baby's first modern cosmic horror story if you wanted to you know use it as a jumping off point for mm-hmm. for that conversation i think mm-hmm. which i liked yeah because like those and and those visually it's got that aesthetic without being too intense or upsetting i think if, if you're more sensitive to to horror especially body horror yeah yeah there's some good creepy shit in here but i know yeah. that the aesthetic is very inspired by tim burton that tracks um, Mm-hmm. Like, I can see that. Yeah. When I was reading up, when I was reading up, that was like one of the big things that he cited as his mm-hmm. main inspiration. Yeah. And I would say Tim Burton is a little bit more um, inspired by like the more gothic type trends. But I, mm-hmm. I think that the two, I think that over the years, the two have kind of like woven together in some ways. And I think you can see that with Soul Eater. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Narratively, Burton isn't very isn't very cosmic horror but he's got that spindly victorian gothic look that often gets used for for cosmic horror art yeah and yeah yeah, yeah, i would say his narrative style is a little bit more in the vein of like um gothic supernatural type deal than cosmic horror Mm -hmm. but again i think he's had such an impact on um that kind of particular strain of of fantasy that you start to see it weaving into other things over time as well so um, yeah, I can, you can totally see that with Okubo. I also think there was there was just like a subset of authors from uh, from the '90s and 2000s who got real into whenever a Tim Burton wave hit Japan because uh, because uh, Kazuki Takahashi based a lot of his costumes on Edward Scissorhands. So like, yeah. this is just where we live. It's a hey, it's a good aesthetic. Like, it's a yeah. good aesthetic. I don't blame people for 90s getting super Tim into Burton. it. Mwah. <laughs> Mwah. Uh, okay, okay, bringing the conversation but, back around. Sorry. We're, we're no, no, yes, something? yes. No, I was also going to attempt to, to ring us back in. Going on. No, 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 it's all good. Um, final, uh, kind of the final point I wanted to ask you guys about is, um, you know, we've, we've talked week to week about Soul Eater. Um, it's a shonen, but it's a shonen with a female lead character and, like, how it handles the gender norms and the gender dynamics. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on how you thought this last stretch went. I um I really liked Maka and Marie's arcs in this last stretch. Once again, uh, it jumps out to me how the subtitles did this unintentional thing where uh, the good characters gender Krona and Medusa does not, which I I, I honestly think was truly unintentional, but it sure is interesting. It was. Yeah. Um, I I do think it a lot. There's a lot of it's a little more obvious in this last stretch that Tsubaki has nothing to do except be supportive of, of Blackstar and Arakbe yeah. uh, reduced to uh, giving 
the Keishin head pats and Medusa is really leaning into that whole being Stein's lover thing. Does Tsubaki ever get anything else to do in the manga? No. <laughs> oh. Sorry. No. So just got her arc just right out of the way. Mm-hmm. We, we got that, arc, that pesky arc done in the first six episodes and then she was good. We took care of the quiet girl. We do find out that she's secretly the horniest member of the team, uh, but I don't think oh, that was, I don't think I don't think that counts as like a character arc. So, <laughs> but and well, I I mean Blair is there in a way that was fine for a change. She, she help. I sort of appreciated that the second the anime was no longer beholden to the manga, not a spot of fan service touched the screen. <laughs> <laughs> like they were like, oh wait, we don't have. It was good. Hell yes. <laughs> I did enjoy her just sort of like being like, all right, I've got a job and just like getting her host club girl, her hostess friends to like go and help. Uh, uh, Coffee snob. The BJ. BJ. BJ, yeah. Yes, I remember him because his name is funny because I'm puerile. <laughs> I always think of him as Joe because he loves a cup of Joe. Um, ah. so deeply does he love that cup of joe um he finally got his cup i love i'm a sucker for ending flash forward cards and yeah like the, while the credits are running kind of stuff. He, got his, he got his coffee that made him dance his, his his coffee the roomba coffee shop reopened and everything was and peace was restored to the world <laughs> I'm, I'm glad joe got a nice ending here so yeah Pretty much everybody did, which I liked. Did you guys notice? Oh, I was going to touch on this with the cosmic horror element um, hmm. earlier. Did you guys notice in the end credits there is a Medusa snake hanging out with Erica and Free? Yup. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's they, right there. So, yeah. So during the end, when they kind of cut to like everybody off doing their own thing, and they show that like you know the witches aren't gone for good, and there's still going to be like you know magic forces out there. Although you kind of get the sense that Erica and Free are just going to hang out. <laughs> that Medusa's not ordering them to do evil things, which I do love that they were like, they deserve it. I genuinely love that. They're like, Medusa's dead. Let's peace out. (laughs) We didn't actually want to be involved in this. Um, But yeah, there's a, there's a snake on the tree at the end, Caitlin. Um, And so like, they're like, they're like off, like looking off into the distance, like, you know, just chatting or whatever. And then the foreground, you see a a vector arrow covered Medusa snake circling a tree. Oh, I did notice that. I just forgot. Um, which again, I think kind of ties into Let this these idea nice kids like, have a nice time. Yeah. Uh, I think it, you know, I think it ties into that idea of like, you're not necessarily going to be able to 100% destroy all the, all the bad thoughts and negative emotions or even like shitty adults in your life. Right. Right. Like sometimes they're not going to be a hundred percent gone. Um, but you can still move on. It looks like Krona's living with Maka and soul, which I thought was really cute. So I yeah. love that for them. I, I absolutely love that for them. Krona's I really think the anime did a really good job with Krona's arc. Um mm-hmm. like I said, the manga does Krona real dirty. So I, I appreciate that Krona gets a gets a happy right. ending and uh, is able to kind of move on from uh, a, t- a really a terrible childhood. And I think again, I think <laughs> the I think the optimistic aspects of this finale were really good. Um and you guys, it sounds like you guys yeah. were also with me on the fact that the ending uh, kind of ties some shonen and shoujo tropes together a little bit um, in terms of the thing I really like about the ending is there's all these surprise power-ups and special techniques and there's even like that buck wild 
final arc twist that always shows up in a shonen where it's like, Maka's got weapon blood in her, and now she's got blades! And you're like, oh shit! And none of that actually matters. <laughs> none of it works. <laughs> no, it's about feelings! I it's love like, that. I love yeah. that shit. It, it feel, I, I do feel like it, I... Yeah, it's about the social links that she's formed with... The people around uh, her and... Her social links with uh, Krona and Sol. Mm-hmm. Which give her, you know, even when things are terrible, <laughs> give her mm-hmm. the power to uh, stand up to the evil through it's the power good. of her social links. I just love that idea that, like, we're fighting the embodiment of fear. So you can't defeat fear just with a fancy technique or even when the weapon thing happens, like, she's unconscious, right? Like, it was an attempt to stop feeling fear and it doesn't work because the only way to defeat the embodiment of fear is to accept that the fear exists and then push through it, which is courage. Um, so I, it, God, it's just mm-hmm. such a perfect ending. And then she punches him in the face and it's so good. <laughs> it's just so good. It's um, so good. That All Maka needs is her fist. chilling, too. Yeah. Yep. Like when she it's screams, a, like ooh. But I think I there's, think I think there's this idea that talking like her voice actress at first. How mm-hmm. dare? How dare? She's great. I mean, in English, she's great. I'm sure she's good in Japanese too. Um, she is. I, They're both good. Yeah. Uh, what was I trying to say? Oh, but I think it's. I think Igarashi is one of those directors who, because I mean, his later work is like um, he does some mecha shows, and right now he's doing Bungo Stray Dogs, which is a seinen. Um, I think he's one of those directors that genuinely enjoys the the big bombastic elements of both shoujo and shonen, um, and I like that that given the chance to make a you know to make an anime original series finale here, I feel like he ties those elements nicely together because we talk you know we've talked in the past about how a lot of the time the the big finale in a shoujo series ultimately comes down to feelings right it's about like emotions and like like it's like inner strength is really what it's going for. Um, but honestly, that's what a lot of shonen come down to as well, is it's like, you know, the support of my friends got me here, and they'll tag on a, a fancy pants special technique that they learn at the 11th hour to make that happen, but it ultimately comes from, mm-hmm. like, that same place of, like, emotionality and, and feelings and, and supportive community and all that great shit that I love about manga and mm-hmm. anime, and so I think that Soul Eater kind of mer- basically saying, like, yeah, it's all kind of the same thing. Um, I, I really appreciate that about it. Yeah. Um, shonen and shoujo are people try to talk like the genre that or the demographic that they don't prefer is like, oh, it's, a, it's also illogical and emotion driven. It's like, no, they both are. They both are. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. They both it's are. Aimed at teen- it's, it's aimed at teens. Like, teens are emotionally driven a lot of the time. Even if um, it wasn't, I still think it's great. So- I th- I don't think that, you know, I mean, I mean, there's kind of that joke that like the thing that screwed up Star Wars was when they decided that midi-chlorians ex- to try to explain the force. Like you don't have to explain it. It's it's magic. It's emotions. It's like that's that is the point of these stories is to literalize uh, intangible things. Um, mm hmm. And I, I, I love that about, you know, I mean, that's that's one of the things that drew me to this genre. And I, you know, I. The things that bother me about Shonen are definitely not that. It's, it's you know, the fan service or the sidelining <laughs> of the female characters, which, blessedly, Soul Eater has some fan service, but after the first three episodes, it's pretty, it's extremely minimal. And it does not sideline its female characters. In fact, it centers them, like, in the foreground, especially in this final arc uh, with both Maka and Marie, I think, um, as, you know, the the hero rescuer type characters who who 
come in to save the day. So I, upon, I'm glad we did this rewatch, Caitlin, because I got to reevaluate Soul Eater and it turns out I like it even more than I thought I did to begin with. So it's great. <laughs> I'm probably going to buy the movie right now. Same. 25 bucks is a good price. Ooh, yeah. it's 25 bucks now. Right? Is it? Where? Yeah, this, uh, on, on Right Stuff. Hell yeah, I'm gonna get in on that. Um, last time I saw, it, last time I saw it was like under forty, and I was like, "That's a really good deal for fifty-one episodes." But if it's twenty-five, like, gimme. It's Sorry, like twenty-six, folks but yeah. Home by the time oh, you hear this, this will all be cut. <laughs> yeah, that sale won't be there anymore. So, but it's okay. Yeah, the. I feel like I'm even more. I I had always kind of loosely referred to this as my favorite battle shonen of the two thousands, and now I am more comfortable in that statement. I think that's fair. It's, it's like, in fairness, I don't watch a lot of Battle Shonen. But. Yeah. It's definitely this and, I mean, this and Full Metal Alchemist are, are my top two from that time period, I would say. Oh, um, that's true. FMA is good. But, but, but ultimately, I mean, I mean, FMA, FMA doesn't treat, when, when Soul Eater is shitty to its female characters, like with the fan service and stuff, it's, it's worse. But when Soul Eater is good with its female characters, it's better. So it's, there's a balance yeah. there. For um, a while, Full we Metal definitely this was kind of a mm-hmm. feminist darling on Tumblr. There's a lot like, of discourse. No, like, yeah, yeah, there sure, there sure is. We definitely. I always feel like I can never have an opinion on FMA just because I, yeah, I, I really only care about the O3 anime, and I just never engaged with the manga or Brotherhood, which I'm sure are fine, but I don't care. Someday, maybe we'll <laughs> maybe do, an we'll FMA do a watch along <laughs> another but, day. Yeah. There is no universe where we're going to get into FMA discourse at the end of a perfectly nice Soul Eater podcast. Uh-huh. So, yeah, uh, I assume we're going to have like five to ten minutes of cut to go for. So, like, tell us a little bit about what about like good and bad shit from the manga. D. That you you mentioned you uh, they did some interesting things with Kid, and also I just want to know if the shit with Krona is in fact as bad as it as it is in summary form. <laughs> Because I'm like, if people want those manga spoilers to save them from having to go look that shit up, might as well tell them. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, there's some good stuff with Kid in terms of, again, some of it's lore related in that, like, um, you see it at the very end of the anime where when his three lines connect, uh, Death's mask cracks, and then his three lines mm-hmm. disconnect and everything kind of goes back to normal. Uh, when Kid comes into his own as the uh, next Shinigami, there can only be one Shinigami, so Lord Death will disappear basically um Um, so that and that is kind of a that is a building plot point for the second half of the manga is kid like his in the manga his lines kind of connect gradually throughout the story and in the final fight the third one connects and the and lord death turns into dust um and there's very much this focus on like the younger generation taking over from the previous generation and doing things differently because kid was the one who orchestrated the witch alliance and now he's kind of in charge of he's now kind of in charge of death city um which again i just don't think i think the anime based on where the characters were there was no way they could get to that point um but they do definitely touch on the fact that like there is going to be some like slow steady change as these two generations kind of keep coming into conflict with each other and moving forward um there's mm-hmm. also there's also kind of a cool arc with Kid where they really engage with um, his like ideal of perfect order and the fact that that in itself is a form of quote unquote madness because essentially like what perfect order is is nothingness like everything ceases to exist and he spends a volume being like that's what we need I just have to eradicate everybody and while Black Star has no character development after the stuff that basically happens in this stretch of episodes we saw in the anime um, he does have a nice moment there where he 
like dives in after kid and like brings brings him back from the brink and reminds him of like the fact that balance and shades of gray are important and then like ac- the actual concept of true order is ex- is toxic in the same way that like the things kids been fighting against are also toxic so kid has this kid has again this this idea of like balance between these two between like impulse and uh logic kind of comes into play with him as well um in a way that i think forwards a lot of the themes that uh the anime uh, digs into here at the end as well. Um, so kids arc is yeah, kids arc does, is pretty neat. Yeah. As far as him yeah. kind of coming into his own, there's some pretty good stuff with Maka and Soul in terms of they both have like insecurities about being worthy of being the other one's partner, and you know, sort of supporting each other, and that keeps that gets touched on periodically. Um, throughout, I assume the, the super special weapon powers were an anime uh, invention. Oh yeah, Maka's not actually a weapon. That was the anime going, we're gonna fool you into thinking this is our big this is our big like final shonen power up, but it's not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Which I still freaking love. <laughs> Which I think I that love. is so good. Um, it's such a it's such a nice little meta twist. Um but yeah, no, Krona gets fucked over. Um so instead of yeah. trying to run off into the desert, instead of Krona running off into the desert and Maka chasing after them and bringing them back to Death City. Um, Krona just vanishes. Like Maka figures out that Krona might still be working with Medusa and wants to talk to Krona about it. But before Maka gets the chance, Krona's just gone. And the next time we see Krona, uh, they have been completely brainwashed into not even remembering who Maka is. Have been like weirdly fu- like basically Medusa did a bunch of more experience experiments um, with them in the Black Blood, and they're like murdering whole towns um, under Medusa's orders. And after, like, basically getting their black blood powers to maximum, Medusa gives them a hug and says, I'm so proud of you. And Krona uh, snaps at the fact that this person who's been abusing them since childhood has never said a nice thing to them, finally said it, finally said, like, I love you and I'm proud of you, and murders Medusa. Um, which was apparently Medusa's goal the whole time, uh, because that would mean that Krona was Krona was complete as the ultimate force to like devour the Kishin and change the world or whatever. Uh, so Medusa dies by Krona's hand. Krona snaps further because they killed their mom um, and decides they need to basically become the Kishin because I guess it's the only way to stop from feeling these feelings. I guess it's not clear. Um, mm. So they go to the moon. Everybody goes to the moon. That's where that's where the Kishin is, by the way. The Kishin's not with Arachne. That's anime original. The uh, Kishin's on the moon. All right. Yeah, no dogs. Got a Kishin up there. Yeah, no dogs, <laughs> but, but one Kishin. Uh, so they go to the moon and they fight on the moon. Like it's extremely. Sh- it, that one. It's like shonen ridiculous, but kind of fun. Um, there's a couple. Mm-hmm. There's a big. And that's where fight clowns come from. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. I don't really get where clowns come from, to be honest. There are clowns in the manga. I'm not sure where they came from. Um, <laughs> but so Krona devours the Kishin and then talks to Maka and Maka gets through to them. And then the Kishin devours Krona. But then Maka goes inside the Kishin and finds Krona like within the black blood and they talk. And Krona basically says, like, I've done way too many horrible things to, like, just be forgiven and be able to go about my business. Which at this point is true. Like, in the anime, I think Krona has, I think the number of horrible things Krona has done is, like, more easy to make up for. Uh, by the mm-hmm. end of the by the end of the manga, Krona has, like, murdered villages. Like, it's pretty bad. Um, it's, a, it's a lot. That's a high so, body count. 
So basically they realize they can't defeat the Kishin because the Kishin is the embodiment of fear and fear will always exist. So uh, all they can do is trap the Kishin. And so Krona volunteers as tribute and creates like a big black blood sphere to encircle the moon. And the anime, the manga essentially ends with um, like kid takes over death city. Uh, Soul becomes soul becomes the last death scythe because he, he eats Arachne's soul when he and Maka defeat Arachne like halfway through the series. Um, but they are never going to eat another witch's soul because they have, you know, uh, they have a alliance with the witches now. So he's the last scythe. And Maka makes a promise that eventually they're going to go back to the moon and see Krona again. But as far as we know, Krona's trapped on the moon with the Kishin for the rest of eternity. And everyone is obsessed with boobs now. Oh, yeah. So, um... Because Krona longed for a loving, well, Krona longed for a loving mother, um, which manifested in the form of an obsession, a preoccupation with breasts. And this was emanating from the moon. And so every, all the Meisters, specifically the Meisters, all the Meisters become obsessed with boobs. So I guess Maka's by kind of, by the end. Um, Kind of. Um, but it ends with it ends with the same comedy assault bullshit that started the series. So it's like, oh, good. I'm glad to know that after all this character growth and and everything, uh, the boys are still assaulting the girls. Awesome. Um, it's a shitty final chapter, honestly. And yeah, mm. the last it's like there's this big epic moon fight, right? And it's pretty good. Mm. Like I, I felt like Krona got done dirty, but I think the the promise that eventually they'll go save Krona. I was like, okay, I guess I could kind of live with that. But the final chapter, mm-hmm. which is basically just like a bunch of fan service and groping shots and black star is still like hanging out with Tsubaki when she's in the bath and she hates it. Um, it's not like they're siblings. It's just like, Oh, come on. You're in my, you know, you're, you should probably do this elsewhere. Like she's genuinely upset. Um, it just, Oh, that final chapter is just bad. It's just, it, it, it tries to go back to doing that like etchy stuff that it did in the first chapter. But by this point, like we have grown past that kids um, and really leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Um, and overall, I, I just found the manga to be kind of weightless. So anime, anime better. Maka, Maka punch Kishin in face. Uh, and she does, she, I mean, Maka still has a lot to do in the, in the anime, in the manga's final fight. Like she, she's the one who gets through the Krona and then she's the one who basically delivers the final blow with her scythe. Um, and it's, it's a team, it's a team up effort. The same thing like Kid and Blackstar, you know, land some really good blows and like help out. And um, it's a group fight for sure. Mm. Uh, so, so the, the basic beats that are in the manga are in the anime and then all the bullshit isn't there. So um, again, other than the stuff with the witch, the witch uh, Alliance, um, other than that, that's the one thing I'm, I'm sad we didn't get in the anime, but otherwise like it's, you don't need it. <laughs> it's fine. So that's the manga, Caitlin and Vry. Mm-hmm. The mystery you guys, is solved. Vry, you asked. So you just got, you just got my 10 minute. I uh, asked. Summary, my 10 minute soul eater manga summary. Peter, I'll give you I'll give you discretion on how you want to cut this one together. Um, I just my request is that we you know try to try to end on a on a on a positive note that centers the conversation we're having, which is the anime. Um, that's what we're here for. And overall, it sounds like we all had a we all had a pretty good time with this one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I'll revisit it again anytime soon because it's long. But I, yes. I, I God, I love Corona so much. They're probably one of my like. <laughs> top 20 anime characters period mm-hmm. yeah 
I might rewatch the last few episodes just so I can watch it with Jared. No, because he had to work when I was watching them. Oh, you should then. Yeah. Yeah, Mach. Yeah, Mm. Krona's great. Mach's great. It's good cast. I love Kid. Um, again, I, I he didn't get to do as much as he could have, but that's okay. Um, and fun show. Okay, yeah, I'm just rambling at this point. We should probably should I play us out, team? Play us out. We did it. Good job, team. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF. If you like what you heard, tell your friends about us. And if you really like what you heard, we'd love it if you'd head over to patreon.com backslash anime feminist and become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Your support goes a long way towards making anime feminists happen, both in print and in your earbuds and in the space in between where we uh, provide transcripts for these podcasts uh, so everyone can enjoy them. If you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, you can check us out at animefeminist.com, on Facebook at AnimeFem, on Tumblr at AnimeFeminist, and on Twitter at AnimeFeminist. And that's the show. Remember to punch fear right in the face, Annie Fam, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>